Hello and welcome back to the Outring Tinters podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about how you can live your best life despite tinnitus. Um, this podcast airs on the 21st of December in 2021, roughly three months after I have released the last episode on this podcast. And uh, many, many things have happened since then, professional but also personal. Uh, me and my wife, Stefania, went to Colombia for um, the whole of October. Then in November, sadly, my, my grandpa uh, died, uh, passed away at the uh, noble age of 90 years. Um, and uh, we had a lot of things that we took care of and we just spent a lot of time with family and, and were around for the family. And now it's already Christmas. And um, yeah, I have the honor and the great pleasure to have finally been able to interview um, uh, Glenn Schweitzer from Rewiring Tinnitus, um, a fantastic tinnitus coach from uh, Florida in the US. Um, Glenn has written a book, so you'll, if you're interested in that, you'll find the link to the book in the description and you can buy it uh, on Amazon and through um, uh, get it delivered straight home to you. But nevertheless, I'm not only here to um, advertise the book for Glenn, but I'm also here to advertise again um, that I'm having seats open for my coaching program in January 2022, so in the new year. So if you like to be uh, one of the new people that are going through my four, six or eight weeks coaching programs, then um, yeah, you'll find a link in the description to this episode where you can book a calendar appointment. Then we have a 15-minute uh, discovery call in which I explain to you how the uh, coaching program works, how you can make the most of it, and how it will help you over the course of four, six, or eight weeks to really build that best life despite your sentences. So happy if you check that out. That link is in the description to the episode. However, the reasons and the things that happened in the last few months since I have been releasing a last uh, podcast episode will be detailed in a different um, episode and that will come out after Christmas. So I already wish you all of you happy holidays, Merry Christmas. I wish you all the best. I hope you have a fantastic time with your friends and family. Don't let tinnitus bother you, but really enjoy some quality and present time with you, you and yours. And um, yeah, let's get on with the intro and then get into the podcast episode with Glenn Schweitzer from Rewiring Tinnitus. Welcome back, you all. Hello and welcome to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. Yeah, welcome back to the Outring Tinnitus podcast today. And um, I uh, say this a lot in my episodes, but again, I am especially um, yeah, happy and uh, stoked and amped and whatever other adjectives you could um, use in order to describe excitement that uh, we have Glenn Schweitzer here today. Welcome to the show, Glenn. It's amazing to have you here. Another um, a big player in the tinnitus coaching industry and uh, among the people who has been doing good and working with people all over the world to um, help them with their tinnitus. So it's amazing to have you on the show. Thanks for being here, Glenn. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, Frieder. It's good to be here with you today. Um, I, you know, it's long overdue. So I'm glad we're finally getting to have this chat. Yeah, I, I, I said this already when we did this little introductory talk that already when I started my business, you already had your website up and set out. And I was always looking up to it. And I was like, wow, look at this guy. He's already doing it. And he's doing it this way. And that's very interesting. And I must really connect. But um, I said this before, for some reason, it, it hasn't really uh, worked out yet. And then I was in Colombia. And then some other things happened. And uh, yeah. uh, finally, we do manage to to connect. So it's amazing to to have you here today. Um, yeah, just give us a little a little tour around your your experience you, you mentioned that you've uh, started uh, working with people with chronic illnesses very early on already so maybe just describe your story to our listeners a little bit yeah absolutely so <clears throat> back in 2011 2010 2011 i was diagnosed with this horrible inner ear condition called meniere's disease and um 
it completely turned my life upside down. At the time I was finishing college, I, I had this whole vision of what my life was going to be like. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm experiencing these like terrible vertigo attacks and uh, dizziness and nausea and brain fog and fatigue. And for a long time that, I, I mean, there was a period of time where I thought I was just going to be disabled for the rest of my life. Meniere's is like a condition where they don't know what causes it. There's no cure. Um, my doctor, my first doctor was terrible. And I went into this like deep, downward uh, spiral but fast forward a bit and ultimately like i i ended up finding ways to manage my symptoms and largely recover i still live with meniere's disease but i i lived i was living a great life and uh a couple years after i i i, I was trying to come up with something to write about i would i wanted to start a writing project for a while and it, it dawned on me that i knew a lot about meniere's disease and and like i i had kind of taken a, an, a unique approach to trying to optimize my health and figure out what my triggers were and, and, and improve my health. And uh, I decided to write a book um, about my journey uh, with Meniere's disease. And I started my first website, Mind Over Meniere's. Um, and Mind Over Meniere's, that was the title of the book. And also mindovermeniere's.com was my first blog. And I sort of built this audience um, around this core message of hope. A lot like the tinnitus online landscape, hope is a missing piece of the puzzle just mm -hmm. about everywhere for Meniere's websites and Meniere's information. Right. And here I am like putting out these articles about like all these different things I had tried to like meditation and like uh, things to improve brain fog and fatigue and improve sleep and all this like health and uh, lifestyle optimization type stuff. And uh, it started to grow and I, I, I ultimately published my first book. And it's funny because <clears throat> in, in my first book, there was one page about tinnitus and it was like this, I, I described this, meditation technique that I discovered where I was focusing on the tinnitus instead of my breath during meditation and how that led to me getting relief. And I didn't really understand habituation or, or what had happened at the time. I just knew like this was the one thing that I sort of stumbled into that it worked. And I got so much email on that one page for years, like just years and years, people reaching out like, oh my God, this helps so much. Thank you. That when I decided to write another book, I was like, okay, this is a much bigger problem here. The universe is giving me a sign. And then I, I, I went on to start rewiring tinnitus. I wrote my, my second book, uh, Rewiring Tinnitus, how I finally found relief from the ringing in my ears. Um, and then it was almost like an, like an afterthought, like right before I hit publish, I decided to put a little thing in the back of the book. Like, you know, if you want to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, go to this website. And I, I thought, you know, I might want to do this it wasn't even like a crystallized plan. I, I just, um, I, I have a feeling this might be something I want to do one day. And it almost surprised me. Like the first time someone reached out, I, I hadn't really prepared for it. I, I had like envisioned it as some like remote possibility one day. Um, but here we are years later and it's just grown and grown and grown. I've now worked with more than 800 tinnitus sufferers all wow. over the world, um, teaching all kinds of uh, 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 primarily meditation based uh, yeah. protocol to help people yeah. habituate. Uh, but also many other coping tools and strategies. And I kind of take a, like you and, and many others in this space doing good work, I take a very multidisciplinary approach. So that's a pretty good summary of like how I, how I find myself here today. That's uh, fantastic. It's uh, very, very interesting um, what you're sharing uh, with us out there and, and, and the story and um, uh, also the experience that you have gathered, right, over the years of working with so many people. Um, um, I've been uh, on the market a little bit uh, less long and I've also worked with um, between 50 and 100 people uh, about now um, and, sure. and, and that quite successfully as well. Um, and it's it's an absolute pleasure. And I mentioned that to you before that the one on one coaching sessions is something that I, I deeply enjoy because um, to see the progress that people take um, when they come to you after leaving the ENT and being in completely despair. Yeah. Right. And uh, being triggered in their anxiety cycles and some of them yeah. not being able to sleep and uh, some of them not being able to really cope with their day to day living. Actually, I, I, totally. I must say um now that I think about it, I not now that I think about it, I know that I also had an episode with Meniere's, but I haven't had anything for years now. So I have had an episode a few years back that on some days I would wake up and I only had it a couple of times, but a couple of times so bad that I couldn't get out of bed the whole day because everything was spinning. Wow. Could not yeah. do anything about it, but I'm not entirely sure whether that was Meniere's or it's uh, due to my single-sided deafness. And I once talked to the ENT and he was like, well, we could do some tests, but then we would establish that you either have it or don't have it. And that's the only thing that we could basically do. And then I was like, let's leave it because in the worst case <laughs> scenario, it's like, well, then you have uh, Meniere's. Uh, so I didn't have anything sure. anymore for 
probably six years or something like that. I didn't have a, an attack like that anymore. So it could have been something different as well. But I, I let me just say, I do know what it is like to to experience that. And, and it's terrible. I mean, dealing yeah, with tinnitus is one terrifying. thing, but but dealing with these things at the same time, having that uh, that dizziness and that the whole world is turning is like you yeah. can't do anything apart from lying down the whole day is, is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, is that still part of what you do today still? Do you sometimes work with uh, people with Meniere's as well? Or is it mostly <clears throat> tinnitus work? Yeah, I do. I do. I still have my Mind Over Meniere's website. I do do some Meniere's coaching. I was doing a lot more of it um, last year yeah. and the years prior. I have... I have mostly started to focus more solely on tinnitus for a variety of reasons, but I do, I do, I am still like very knowledgeable about Meniere's. I do a lot of work for various organiza organizations that help people with vestibular disorders, like the um, Vestibular Disorders Association, VITA. And mm. um, it's still, it's still important to me, but I, I, it's interesting. Like I know I can support somebody with Meniere's in a lot of different, very helpful ways. I mean, you know, it's, Vertigo, like you were saying, is just terrifying. Like when when you don't know why, and the room is spinning, and like your your you know your brain thinks you've been poisoned essentially, and so you start throwing up. You're nauseous. It's this horrible experience, yeah. and then it ends, and and you know like it ends, and you're just like destroyed. Like there's nothing left. You're just totally fatigued and worn yeah. out. Like you ran a marathon, yeah. um, and it's just very the online like tinnitus. The online landscape is is like really really scary. So I still mm. I still do some blogs and videos, mm. um, but I've more and more started shifting my focus um, over to supporting tinnitus, I, primarily because I feel much more confident in my ability to help people achieve like positive outcomes. Like with Meniere's, I can provide a lot of education and and yeah. support and teach a yeah. lot of techniques. Yeah. But yeah. The, the problem is that every, I, my, my, my gut feeling here is that Meniere's is like a basket diagnosis. And there's some evidence that support this, but like that it's not one condition. It's a lot of different conditions, that different together. vestibular disorders yeah. with the same similar overlapping symptoms, but completely yeah. different yeah. underlying causes. Not, not, you know, sort of kind of close, sort of like tinnitus. Um, but I, it, it, what that means is that no treatment helps everybody. Like there's, so, so like any treatment that helps like mm. some significant percentage of people is going to leave like mm. a large minority, like unaffected or unhelped. Mm. So I, I, I can teach all these different things, but I, I don't always feel so confident that I can actually help somebody improve in the way that I know I can um, with tinnitus. So, but I am doing some it, more, more so now when somebody, when a tinnitus patient has Meniere's like, or, or Meniere's is the cause of their tinnitus. Like I'm willing to like explain, expand out and help coach them on all sorts of different Meniere's and ear related um, topics as they come up. Um, but yeah, it's mostly been tinnitus over the last year or so. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And um, I, I surely see, do see these patterns, but it would be interesting to hear something about um, uh, your opinion with this. Of course, people and everyone who does have tinnitus um, uh, suffers for very individual reasons. There's people with somatic tinnitus, there's people with noise-induced tinnitus, there's uh, people with pulsatile tinnitus and, 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 and each and every single one requires maybe a little bit of a different approach and a little bit of different um, ability to, uh, to, to feel into people and to see how, how, how we can, how can help and, 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 and maybe challenge some, some of their assumptions and beliefs. Um, I'd be interested, having worked with hundreds of people, literally, um, are there commonalities or things that you found um, that found most interesting or where you went like, huh? Look at that. That that is something new. That is interesting. This is a, sort of the pers a, a personality trait, or 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 things that that just uh, popped into your mind that you wouldn't have thought about tinnitus before. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in the beginning, like it was all like when I first went to write my book, it was this like analysis of my own experience combined with tons and tons of research I was doing at the time to really because because when I thought about what happened to me, like. I knew I, I knew I had, wasn't suffering from my tinnitus anymore, but I didn't understand. I didn't have the vocabulary, the knowledge to really understand right. <clears throat> what happened to me. So I, I had to give myself a real education and go back and really look at what did I do? What did I not do? What helped? What didn't? And then I realized that what I had done, like this sort of met this, I kind of touched on it briefly, that meditation approach, like focusing on your tinnitus during meditation. I was an experienced meditator for years when I thought to try this. Mm. And I realized most people wouldn't be. And yeah. it's a, it's a scary idea. So like, I realized that what I did was going to be difficult and I was going to need to figure out ways that I can make these scary sounding techniques more accessible. But now, like you said, I've, I've now been exposed to so many different 
permutations of tinnitus and hearing loss and, and, uh, and worked with so many different types of people in every walk of life that my thinking has evolved a lot over the years, considerably, mm. like it's all evolved. My, my book is, the truth is that my book is badly due for an update. I still, I still appreciate or, or stand by everything I wrote. It still has a lot of like evergreen potential, but there's a yeah. lot of things that I didn't yeah. explain clearly enough yeah. that I would explain yeah. completely different. And I've developed yeah. like way more techniques, but yeah. as far as like interesting things I've discovered, <clears throat> or how my thoughts have changed, you know, speaking of personality types, I'd say that this, this sort of surprised me, but it's not so surprising in, in, in hindsight, which is that, so the, the two most common personality types I see, because not, not everybody suffers from tinnitus, right? Like I've seen statistics that say like 40% of the people that experience chronic tinnitus will experience it in a way that affects their quality of life. And I've seen numbers of like the people that exp the total population is like 10 to 20% yeah, of the yeah. general population. Yeah, so of, yeah. of the, so there's a whole 60% of people who experience tinnitus and never, never go into that vicious cycle where the, where, where it starts to become more prominent in their awareness and their attention and causing all these different problems. Um, the two most common personality types I see, and I, I fit both of these like to the letter. Uh, one, the obvious one is people prone to anxiety, history of anxiety disorders. Like this is like, you're more likely going to react with an anxiety type reaction. If when you're confronted with this very scary problem, um, and then the other one that kind of surprised me, which is not so surprising anymore, is the type A people, like very entrepreneurial driven type A people. That's that's the other most common personality type I've seen. Uh, and it makes sense if you think about it, because if you, yeah, you throw yeah. a problem in front problem of a type solutions. A person who, yeah, yeah who, somebody's yeah. used to solving problems and now yeah. they're suddenly facing a problem that feels Can't like they're powerless it. to control, yeah. it's a recipe for disaster. And then, and then that, so that's not the third thing is, yeah. I used to think <clears throat> that anxiety and, and fear was like sort of the the center of the bullseye of the problem, but I, I don't think about it like that anymore. I think the core emotion at the center of every vicious cycle of tinnitus is powerlessness. It starts with this feeling of powerlessness that comes from a very specific experience with tinnitus, which is <clears throat> you're you know you're you're trying to do something you enjoy, like maybe you're watching television and you know it starts to intrude yeah. Yeah. into your awareness, and our gut reaction is to try to push it away, right? Yeah. Like we try to we try to like yeah. with force of will or we try to ignore yeah. it. And we do that for a good reason. Like we can right. easily ignore other sounds that don't matter. Right? right. But we try to push it away with tinnitus. But in that moment, our fight or flight response is being activated. Our brain and nervous system are acting as if we're, yeah. our life is in danger. And in that situation, you would want your, your attention to be hijacked to whatever the possible danger is. You would want to be ignited with adrenaline and anxiety. So your nervous system saying, Hey, something terrible is happening to you. Pay attention and go deal with that. And you're saying, no, I don't want to deal with that. And, and we fail to push it away and only succeed in becoming more agitated, anxious, yeah. frustrated, fearful. Yeah. That's where that yeah. fear and anxiety, yeah. like, so, yeah. and then that just feeds back into the system, creating the yeah. vicious cycle. So yeah. I now see like powerlessness as the core problem. And then that's it, at every step of a person's journey, that feeling of powerlessness is enhanced. And you, you were, I don't remember if it was in our pre-conversation or not, but where, when you mentioned this, but uh, you know, so that person, they don't know what it is yet. So probably, they probably go online, they start Googling. Or, or, or maybe not even yet. Maybe they go to the doctor first, but then they run into this experience where like, and I, I've, of the hundreds of people I've worked with, I've never yeah. found a single person who doesn't have at least one story like this yeah. uh, of a doctor who says, oh, this is tinnitus. There's nothing you can do, or you just have to live with it, which in my mind is almost unforgivable because it's, it's crazy. not factually untrue. It is. Yeah. It's completely yeah. crazy. It's not yeah. true. And yeah, yeah. it makes the problem worse. It's fostering yeah, this yeah. feeling of powerlessness. And then they go home, they go online and they see like just misery and suffering everyone else is powerless too so not only not only is it worse than they could have imagined yeah, it's like yeah, it's the yeah. worst case scenario yeah, right yeah. and so it's it's that that's that surprised me the most i think yeah. that like it's yeah. not fear it's not anxiety it's not even fight or flight it's powerlessness at the, the center the of all of it the, pro the problem also being with the people who never the 60 percent who experience it but are not bothered by it those people are have no need to come online right and to voice their opinions right. and say like you know yeah. what i experience it never thought about it never worried about it it's not those yeah. people it's the 40 percent yeah. who are severely bothered by it their quality yeah. of life is so limited. So they go online yes. and tell how their life has been taken over by its sentences and how it made everything super bad. Right. And then you yeah. read these crazy stories and anxiety triples up and, and, and goes higher and higher and higher. And of course, 
And the natural reaction, and I um, actually uh, completely agree with you on this, it's often very smart people who um, get very deep into the into the problems yeah. with tinnitus because those are the ones who are most prone to problem-solving mode, who are most prone to say like, okay, problem, where's my solution? So what do I do next? So I have a problem, yeah. where do I solve it? And uh, yeah. especially these people, exactly as you say, when they're confronted with the fact that this thing is tinnitus and it is there 24-7, it's a stimulus that you cannot keep out. The more you try yeah. to keep it out, the worse it comes back in the end afterwards, the more it triggers yeah. that constant fight or flight. And even if you say like, oh, let me put some uh, masking sounds over it or mask it, then what if you turn it off when you want to go to sleep or your battery yeah. dies or whatnot? And suddenly you're still just avoiding the problem on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. agreed completely. Totally and also agreed. it's you, to, to add to one of the things you said, it's not just that the 60% don't talk online. It's that- yeah. Of the 40%, the vast majority of people who either habituate naturally and get some semblance of quality of life back or, or work on it and habituate, like they're, they go back to their lives, right? Like they're not, gen I mean, of right. course there's exceptions, like you're an exception, I'm an exception, there's many success stories you can find, but it's like walking through a minefield, like yeah. every, for every positive person or positive story, you're going to encounter thousands of horror stories and just things that can activate that and further enhance that feeling of powerlessness. But what I always say is that like, you, it feels like you're powerless, but you're never yeah. actually powerless. Like nobody ever told you where your power lies and how to exert that power. Right. Um, and, and it does like the thing that people really struggle with that idea that like, it'll never like, this is like the new me. Like I have to learn to, this is going to be with me forever. Like, uh, like the old me is gone. Yeah. Um, but the reality is that it, when you're work, when you're helping someone to improve, like you're not you're not trying to teach them some new skill that they that their brain is is like some foreign skill that their brain has never done before. Like habituation is simply this process where the brain can ignore and tune out sensory perceptions that don't matter, that that don't bother you. And your brain, most even people at their worst are doing this already with tinnitus, right? Like even Absolutely. on their worst days, they'll get distracted momentarily. Yeah. And so if that's if that's possible in a moment of you can on a horrible it. day, then it's yeah. exactly exactly. And it, and it's not about teaching them a new skill; it's about simply learn using techniques to remove the obstacles that have arisen that are preventing your brain from doing yeah. this very natural thing with the tinnitus sound yeah. that it's doing some of the time already and doing all the time with other yeah. sensations yeah. that don't matter. Yeah. yeah. I, I sometimes you like to use the example, you move to a new place and there's some train tracks uh, nearby and the first five nights you cannot sleep at all because every 20 minutes there's a train rolling by you can't sleep at all. And after five days, you sleep like a baby and your subconscious yeah. is used to the fact that there's just a train rolling along. That's no problem. The train is just yeah. there. It's not going to cause any problems. But let's say you had a horrible accident in your life. You went under a, tr a, a train and lost a foot or something like that. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be very, very more, much more difficult for your brain to say, oh, that train is not difficult, right? So yeah, um, that's a great, that's a great analogy. Um, I, I, li I like that a lot. I, the one, and then on the flip side of that, the way, the way I just, so, so people always say, well, so what, you just don't hear it anymore. And it's the vast majority of the time it's with my own tinnitus, it's, it's filtered in the background of my awareness. So for yeah. my subjective experience is basically the same as not hearing it. And I'm at the, you know, to the extent now where I can talk about, maybe you are as well. I talking to people about their tinnitus, helping people with tinnitus or talking about my own story or journey and you know giving examples in my own life like doesn't activate my tinnitus directly anymore more so in the very beginning when i started doing this work but not anymore yeah, yeah. And, and the one the one on the flip side of that i always say like that doesn't mean i can't hear it though like i of course i do hear it like at times if i walk into a quiet room i can find it in almost any environment even when it's noisy if i focus on it it's it's loud enough that i can hear it in most places yeah. the vast majority of the time i'm just simply not aware of it but yeah. when i do hear it the difference the, the analogy i like to give is it's a lot more like, it's a, it's a lot like the experience of trying to watch TV and then having your, like a noisy air conditioner turn on, right? Mm. Like, so like you hear the sound is there and then you don't, you just gone. go back to your show. Like you, yeah. you don't, your attention can yeah. kind of bounce off of it. But the yeah. key thing though, yeah. I think that's helpful to mention here that yeah. like, is that what people are looking for is this direct control, right? Like they, they yeah. want to feel like when it's yeah. bothering them, they have this ability to like turn the volume down or yeah. push yeah. it push it away. And yeah. what I always try to stress yeah. is like, it's, it's indirect control is where right. most of our power right. lies. So if you think right. of like your awareness of something like a sensory perception yeah. as a light switch, and, and just to, for the listeners, I'll say like, 
like whatever you try, try, here's an example, like whatever you do, don't think about the feeling of the back of your shirt against your neck right now. Don't think about it. Don't notice the fabric touching your skin. And I feel my shirt on my neck as I'm, as I'm saying this. And if I keep saying the word neck and, 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 and shirt, like everybody will keep feeling that sensation. I, I if you think of awareness, like a light switch of that sensation, I flip yeah. wow. the light switch off. And if we try to push at that light switch, like try to try to ignore that feeling by force of will, we're going to not succeed. It's only when, when we start talking about something else and I stop saying light switch and shirt over and over again, that at some point that switch will flip itself off. Right. So like the best thing you can ever do is you, you can't make the, you can't force yourself to become distracted like that, but you can calm your, you can, you can get your, you can calm yourself psychologically, physiologically, emotionally to the point where you can get back to what you were doing and have the confidence to know that you, it, you will become distracted again shortly, right? So it's always this indirect level of control, but that's still a type of control, right? And that's that's helpful for people to hear, especially when powerlessness is at the center, right? Like the, the, I, there is control, and that's just one example. I, I I love the analogy with the with the air conditioner or maybe the fan that you have on while watching TV, and that's absolutely sure. something. Think about it this way: um, it's your air condition, your fan that's on. Um, and you watch yeah. TV, it's all good. You could switch it off if you wanted to. But imagine if it's your neighbor's fan and you hear your neighbor's fan <laughs> and you can't control your neighbor's fan and you're watching yeah. TV and you're like, oh, this guy has his fan running so loud again and <laughs> I can hear it. And oh, yeah. and you know, and you have a different way to relate to it. If it's your fan, it yeah. doesn't bother you. You could just switch it off or your attention comes on and comes off again. But yeah. you, have two, you have two outcomes, right? With your neighbor's fan. You have the one outcome, which is like, oh my God, this fan, when is he finally turning it off? It's so annoying. Can't focus on my TV. Or you can say, well, I also have my fan on sometimes. Why shouldn't he be entitled to have his fan on right now? The best thing is I can concentrate to continue to watch my TV program. I just not let it bother me. Eventually, it will probably go out of my attention. But of course, yeah. it's much more difficult when you have a 24-7 sound running that is yeah. always in your perception. And whenever you and whenever you have this problem solution mode triggered, right, it feels like there's something to be done here. So some kind of um, a, a physiological reaction will follow, right? And usually that's one where you rightly said, so uh, our brain perceives danger, fight or fight instinct is revoked. You're prepared to act for action. And you wonder, why am I so drained? Why am I feeling so shitty all the time? Because all my yeah. energy drains, because I'm constantly stuck in this fight or flight instinct. Yeah, 100%. And, and to make it even worse, like, Another thing that I think is we should mention is like that during a during like an acute moment of suffering, if you're having a spike, like especially like during tinnitus spikes, or it doesn't have to be that it's the spiking that it's spiking in a way where it's louder. If like the intensity changes, or they're just more focused on it, or having just extra anxiety or or negative thoughts, whatever that spike might look like. Yeah. The like the the other the other variable here is that like while you can always help yourself to be more relaxed calm, comfortable, distracted, mass, like there's all these tools that can help to minimize the discomfort. It's imperfect, like especially during spikes. Like most people, like I, the way I always describe this is if you're suffering, if your tinnitus spikes and your suffering goes from an average of like, and I'm, when I say suffering, I mean psychologically, psychological suffering, emotional suffering. If you go from like a three or four, or, or let's say a two or three out of 10 on the suffering scale, not volume, but suffering, And then all of a sudden it spikes and now you're up at an eight or nine or 10 out of 10 and you're just completely acutely miserable. Even if you or I were sitting next to this person, helping them like minute by minute, at best, maybe we get that back down to a five, right? Like where you can't bring that back down to a zero if you're having this acute moment of suffering. And so with that, that ends up creating this like conflict in people's minds where they feel like this isn't, it's exhausting to get it down to even a five. And, and it, it feels like, And they're still uncomfortable, right? Like there's discomfort left over. And so their brain tells them like, it's not even working. It's not worth the effort. But the reality is, and the reason why like the best thing you can ever do in a spike is just consistent, continuous application of like relaxation techniques and coping tools until the spike passes is because a day spent at a four or five out of 10, as uncomfortable as that will be, the cumulative toll that will have taken on you psychologically and emotionally by the end of the day is vastly different than the cumulative toll that a day spent at just at the mercy of the acute anxiety of like a 10 out of 10 right. level, right? And if you, at the 10 out of 10 level, you're probably not going to get a good night's sleep. Like yeah. you're going to likely yeah. carry that weight with you into the next right. day. Whereas if you can get it down to a four or five, you may not be totally happy about the outcome, 
but you'll probably get a better night's sleep yeah. and you're going to start closer to fresh the next day. And so like it's coping That's another f- place where people feel like another reason that like contributes to that central feeling of powerlessness, that even, even powerlessness is that even when you're doing the right things, it doesn't always feel like it's working like it should, even though the alternative is far worse, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. I I find that that is a a very great um, um a very great explanation, and I and and I I one hundred percent agree, and 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 might want to say if if I sometimes do have spikes, and I find myself I I also know that in the example with the fan and the neighbor, I have two choices. I have the choice of um, uh, having a reactive uh, a, a reaction towards it, uh, uh, wanting it to stop and and evaluating whether it's still there or not, or I continue with whatever it is that I was doing or with whatever the plan that is that I'm doing. And two hours later, I notice, oh, the spike is gone. Look at that. Um, yeah, so if for sure. I, I get spikes if, as well. If, in the if, same if I have... If I have like an allowing presence to the spike, say, ah, interesting, the spike is there. And of course, this requires some work, right? This requires, you you can't be at this place where you said, like, we work with someone who's sitting next to us acutely, eight, nine or 10. They won't be achieving that from today to to tomorrow. That's why, for example, the programs that I provide now are minimum four sessions. I can't communicate the knowledge that I have in my program. This, by the way, is something maybe you could answer right now as well. Um, maybe how long the, the program duration, et cetera, is. But I can only work with a person and make the steps onto recovery. You might call it habituation, yeah. recovery, um, where the reactivity goes down to a yes. level where they feel comfortable um, uh, is a process, right? And when you build that process and you imagine you would be able to, a tinnitus eight or nine day, to allow that eight or nine day with an allowing presence without getting triggered by it, you would have a much better outcome the next day of having it go down again, of having a relatively good night's sleep, of being rested. And the better the the better the the, the, the outcome the next day or week even to see where where we are in terms of volume afterwards. But of course, this yeah. this this needs the sense of and 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 this in in a way is giving people control back because if they know that they can tolerate whatever their tenancy yes. level is doing with them in their life, they're able to tolerate that, still do all the things that they like to do in their life and co- co- do their jobs, be with family, enjoy time with friends, do Absolutely. sports, and so on and so forth. <laughs> then the 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 burden, the having to get rid of it, is not so big anymore, right? And then you know, okay, well, even if it's a bad day, I might be able to cope. Yeah. Hundred percent. So just to unpack a, a couple of things that you said there. Yes, so yes. one, in terms of like time frame, you know, everyone, everyone, that's always the top, the first question on everybody's mind, like how long, how long, like, it, yeah. and it's 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 weird because most people are thinking of tinnitus it, that it should be like any other problem, or you know, you go to the doctor, you take Chuck. some pills, and it gets better yeah. pretty quick. When and when it's a lot more like physical therapy than anything yeah. else, or like yeah. you know, you, yeah. you you you're in pain, and then some that you you start doing these exercises, and you can't even get you can't even do strength training first you have to first get the range of motion and then like you get start to strength train and then like you're going to overdo it some days and the pain comes back and you freak out oh my god did i ruin everything it's sort of like a spike and then you know but no you didn't ruin everything you rest and then you you recover and it takes it takes time and 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 work to create these sort of changes in the muscles so the pain goes away um so i i you you said four sessions i'm I'm not 100 percent sure how you structure yours for me the average now like ideally I like to, it's the, the average has been about seven sessions and it, like four to five hours in total. And that's spread out over a period of, I'd say two and a half to three and a half months on average. Um, with a lot like in the first session with me is, is always, is always very intense. Um, so, that, and, and by the end of that point, like, you know, to, to, it's not that they're necessarily fully habituated, uh, no. but yeah. their quality of life is much better. And what you, so yeah. what you were yeah. kind of mentioning yeah. And what I always try to keep people focused on is that volume is almost like a secondary, uh, in terms of habituation, volume is not the metric we think it is, right? No. Like, because it's possible to have yeah. a very loud day <clears throat> or a very loud, like your tinnitus can be very loud where you're just not, you're, you're feeling great and not thinking about it at all. And it can be quieter than it normally is and driving you crazy and then yeah. everything in between, right? So yeah. in terms yeah. of habituation, like volume and, and long-term recovery, volume is not even really a totally relevant metric because uh, it's going to move around and change. Uh, yeah. And also you can't really determine anything on a single day either. Right. Because like if, if you have a sudden bad day, that's likely just a spike. 
and it's a deviation from the average of, of where you're at in the process. And a, even a sudden great day, like I always advise people, don't declare victory. Like if you have, if you have a sudden great day where all this, like a peak experience where you're like, oh my God, this feels like my old self. Like I haven't felt this good in a long time. Like that's also, I, I say that's now on the menu moving forward, but it's also a deviation above the mean. Like you, you shouldn't just expect that, that this is going to be your experience moving forward. And so it always comes back to like quality of life indicators. That's always what I focus on as well. And I, and I always, it, it's not just quality of life indicators, but it's quality of life indicators over time. And it's things like, you know, are you having longer, more frequent periods where you're not as bothered and, and more easily distracted? shorter periods of, 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 of intense, you know, anguish or suffering? Are you, are you bouncing back from those difficult moments faster right. than you were before? Right. Are you, you know, having better focus and productivity at work, sleeping better, better interactions with your loved ones and friends and colleagues, you know, doing more of the things you want to be doing without fear, all the things you were talking about. And, and on a day-to-day basis, every one of those metrics is going to, is going to go up and down. Right. Yeah. But over time yeah. you start the trend, you can see the upward trend. And as right. long as those trends remain up or continue to go upward, even, even though the graph is not linear and it's a lot of like, it's like a jagged line yeah. with a lot of like three steps forward, two steps back, then, right. you know, you can at least get a sense that you're on the right track and moving in a helpful direction. But then of course you run into like, even as the, the nature of the, the, the problem shifts in kind of phases and, you know, in the beginning, it's almost like this, I describe it as like feeling like this acute, like this gut punch of anxiety in the nervous system. This like visceral, horrible physiological response in the body where it's like, you've just at the mercy of this, suffering state and then like that the intensity of the emotional response starts to go down first generally and then but but even as that goes away there's like still negative thoughts left like the negative thoughts are there in the beginning too but those don't, then it becomes more of this like why am i still dealing with this why this why now right so like the whole thing changes and all these new problems can arise along the way uh, and spikes are part of the process too we, we touched on spikes like spikes are unavoidable and not people feel like they get, they panic and feel like they've gone backwards, but it's, I always describe emotionally, there, there's a lot more to say about this, but just the be, a good analogy is like a spike is like a toxic person from your past who comes and just like knocks on your door out of the blue. Like no matter how much time has passed since you've seen that horrible toxic person from your past, maybe an ex or an old relationship or a business partner or something, like if they haven't changed, they're going to bring out all those old parts of your personality, yeah. all yeah. those old emotions and feelings and, and yeah. anxieties you had at that time. Uh, like like that right and so like yeah. but 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 that spikes are just unavoidable and something everybody has to go through yeah. um yeah. and ultimately i find beneficial in, in the sense that yes if every yes. day was better than the day before you wouldn't have practice dealing with these sort of like minor adversities yeah. of spikes because yeah. when you yeah. the first time you have a spike and after you've been doing like starting to make progress you think like you think, oh my God, I was finally turning the corner and like, I'm just back to square yeah. one. It feels yeah. like that, yeah. right? It feels like and that. you're panicking all those old, right. just like the toxic right. person, like all those right. old anxieties right. come right back to your, right. the surface of your mind, right. the feelings. And then it, it eventually it calms back down. And then the next time it happens, you, you at least have that experience to draw on. You remember like, all right, well, last time I, I was, I felt like I was starting all over again, but yeah, it went away. And then I continued making progress. Like, and, and ultimately there's like a confidence yeah. building that comes yeah. with this. And yeah. I think that's also important yeah. to, to yeah. see that like you can have a spike and be scared, but only to recover and continue to pick back up where you yeah. left off. And in the end, like you get a lot of resilience from having yeah. gone through that experience. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, you mentioned you still have spikes. I still get spikes too. Like depending on the cause of somebody's tinnitus, like sometimes people habituate and like, they don't have to think about tinnitus for like maybe years at a time. Like I've seen that. But that's never been the case for me, like with Meniere's disease under as the cause of my tinnitus or, or the, I guess I had tinnitus my whole life. Like I always had some level of quiet tinnitus as far back as I can remember. But Meniere's is when it really became a problem. Uh, so Meniere's doesn't go away. So like that, those symptoms can fluctuate and I get, I still do get spikes. Uh, and, and the difference is that I now when they happen, like what you were talking about, like I, I have every confidence in my ability to cope. I go right into the tools and techniques like speed to tools, you know, right into the things that I know will help to relax me, to get me back to the place where I can become um, distracted again. Um, but I'm never far out of practice either. Like part of me feels a, sub, a little bit grateful for the fact that like I still get like, because there's never, it's never more than a couple months in between times where I have to put these tools into practice. And if, if every day was magically a little better than the day before, and, and like, as things got better, it was just easier and easier and easier. You never really got a chance to test your, your techniques and strategies and, and show yourself that you're capable of doing like difficult things in terms of coping and, and, and surviving. Um, yeah. 
it, it's harder to deal with those problems when they eventually arise. And then what you end up seeing is the case where like people who habituate naturally, at, like which as, if you, as you know, most people given enough time will habituate doing nothing. Like they'll get some semblance of quality of life back. It might take years, but, yeah. but most people will get to some level yeah. of relief. Yeah. But then those people, if something changes or they, they get a spike, yeah, they, not only do they not know like what to do to feel better in that moment, they don't know how they got better in the first place, and the whole thing starts because all over was, again. Because it was so, because it was so, so random. The habituation uh, and happened naturally, well. gradually, random. So yeah. they're back to square one, literally. So what I what I get from that is 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 is, is exactly what I one hundred percent agree is that if you as soon as you manage um, uh, uh, through whatever program that might be, that might be your program, that might be my program, that might be different approaches. As soon as you manage to decouple the indicators of quality of life from tinnitus intensity might even be a spike yes. and you know how to cope with more intensity or a spike. Yeah. yeah. And you have decoupled that reactivity completely. And you know that you can have um, uh, go back to a relative um a relatively high quality of life and well-being in your life, even while experiencing tinnitus, then you are in the space where tinnitus is not reactive anymore, where you don't need to react to it in certain ways, and where you teach your subconscious that even if tinnitus were to be more intense again, or even if you were to experience a day of a spike, you don't need your nervous system all wrapped up in, in turmoil and going into that square one moment again, because you know yes. that you have all the tools at hand and the strategies that you learned in place in order to say that I don't need any kind of reactivity because I know that my quality of life is not dependent on the level of my tinnitus. Yes, yes, exactly. Agree completely. Absolutely. And yeah. I, I would I would I would think that for many people it, it it's unfortunate, but for many people it might be uh, the first time googling what tinnitus is, the first time going to an ENT who doesn't help them. It doesn't matter where their starting point is, right? There are these people who experience tinnitus and becomes bothersome, and there are these people who experience tinnitus and they never had the relationship. They never went to the ENT. They never googled. So for example, um, one example from an industry based. Um, I know that uh, people in the construction industry, reg uh, construction industry, re regularly, often, fairly often, do have tinnitus. But it's also fairly often that they then ask an older guy at the construction hey i have this ringing in my ear and the older guy's like yeah, yeah i've had it for 30 years don't 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 bother man it's just normal you know we're working here it's normal so the person goes yeah. home at night are very tired just go to sleep never mind it because the older guy said to him like yeah i've had it for 30 years man don't worry about it it's normal yeah yeah and what's crazy about this is that like the what you're sort of like kind of dancing around is the fact that like the industry as it's set up now globally like makes the problem worse it, yeah. the vast majority of yeah. the time like it's yeah. it's so frustrating yeah and infuriating and it's so yeah. much more than just like <clears throat> like i did a whole article about this recently like um uh, like what how it got like this because it like drives me crazy because every, every time i i work with somebody and they tell me like oh yeah the doctor was like you know nothing you can do or it's just tinnitus like it just it just makes me so upset like i'll forgive like a gp but like i feel like an audiologist who says that or an ent yeah. somebody who yeah. should know better like it's almost unforgivable in some in some situations and, and it's yeah. not that they don't mean well right like they mean well they're not they're not trying to make the problem worse there's, there's like a lot of factors like one is like there's not a lot of time spent on tinnitus in medical yeah. school even in special yeah. like specialty training yeah. um that that's that's one layer number two is like especially here in these in the u.s like doctors and i'm sure in europe across europe as well like they're just seeing dozens of patients every day for yeah. short periods of time yeah. and then they go back to the, it's not like they're going home at the end of the day and spending like the evening you know browsing the latest research articles and scientific studies and familiarizing themselves with all the different treatments and developments right. for every different right. disease in their right. practice right and so like there, there's you know there's not a lot of opportunity to learn yeah. and then they're just used to doing it this certain way, but it's even worse than that because like there, I, it's funny, I found this concept when I was researching this article called medical hexing. And so everybody knows like the placebo effect, right? Where mm -hmm. if you think you're taking a drug and they tell you it's mm -hmm. going to have a benefit and you believe it, mm -hmm. your body will create this sort of mm -hmm. beneficial result. Like, and, and it's to the extent that with the placebo that <clears throat> in every drug trial, like there's always a, a table in the back the of people who got the full, but, but not just like some benefit, yeah. like there's always yeah a subset of the placebo group who got the full benefit that the yeah. same, like the same level of benefit that yeah. the active 
the people that got the active uh, yeah. drug received. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like that's what's possible with placebo, but there's an opposite yeah. to the placebo effect called the nocebo yeah. effect. So like yeah. if a doctor yeah. tells you you've been poisoned and you believe it, like you're gonna, you can, you, you, it says you've been poisoned, you're gonna get, you know, this causes terrible rashes, like you'll produce rashes. Yeah. And so like your body can produce these negative outcomes too. And so there's yeah. this concept of medical hexing where like the, the way a doctor speaks about your condition matters so much and if the if the words like that they say ultimately convey a message of there's nothing you can do you're powerless and you're already it's already affecting your quality of life negatively that is like the worst possible thing you can hear and and what this the worst part of it all is it's just not true like it's it's there's no reason to say that right and it's just this lack of education and this like this infrastructure that's just been continuing and i i don't know what the answer is but like i'm sure you've probably had the experience now like i have with like people in your personal life who know about what you do and your work and your experience like well like i'll have friends who reach out to me and they'll be like you know friends from high school or what random you know college and hey like i just i just had all of a sudden like tennis started out on i know you know about this and like i'm like the first person they talk to and like, I know exactly how to talk to somebody in that position yeah. to help them feel yeah. confident and relaxed, yeah. give them a sense of control and yeah. things they can do right away. And it's like, it never goes anywhere. Right. And I'm, it's not like some superpower that I have. Like you don't, I always feel like most doctors, just a little bit of education. They don't even need to know the treatments or, or strategies or tools yeah. that can help. Just yeah. if they just understood it better or, yeah. or even just changed the way yeah. they talked about it. Um, it would change everything. Uh, There's one last little anecdote. I remember there's a doctor here in the States, Dr. Andrew Weil. I don't know if you know that name. He's famous for like integrative medicine. Like he Mm -hmm. runs a, uh, he he trains doctors of all specialties of this institute Mm -hmm. he runs in Arizona to integrate Mm -hmm. like alternative medicine, holistic Mm -hmm. medicine, preventative medicine with traditional pharmaceutical interventions, surgery, Western-based medicine. And I I heard him on a podcast one saying that like anytime he has a patient with like a difficult chronic illness or a difficult a difficult problem that they're dealing with a chronic problem the first thing he does is put them in touch with another one of his patients or someone he finds who has that condition who's living a good life and i thought wow like if all doctors had that sort of insight or like way of thinking like just just think of it if, if overnight if we if you and i could snap our fingers and everyone worldwide doctors talked about tinnitus differently vast untold quantities of suffering would be yeah. eliminated like with yeah. the mat like yeah. future potential suffering yeah. would be eliminated like yeah. a wave of the wand like yeah. it's and it's, so it's just crazy to think that it got this yeah. way and yeah. how, how yeah. out of control it yeah. is yeah um very frustrating yeah yeah and i i know i'm i i'm totally with you there and um i i, I think it's a bit unfortunate that um especially for tinnitus i've had uh, stories from uh, uh, people in the US that specifically uh, surprised me where um, someone with mo- no money goes to an ENT outside of their insurance network only to experience that that person says like, why did you come? Didn't you Google and find out that there's nothing I can do? So why did you, why are you coming here? Yeah. Why are you spending on your money? And she, yeah. she gets a $200 bill for, for talking to the ENT for 15 minutes. And uh, yeah. because it was outside yeah. of her insurance. And, and I was like, I was, I was, I was stunned. I was stunned. I, 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 I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah. and, and in the end, we, we, we started working together for a long time and, 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 and we managed to, 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 do, to make a massive, massive transformation in the way she experienced um, uh, her tinnitus, yeah. was able to relate better to her hyperacusis that had developed together with her tinnitus. And, yep. you Very know, this, this is something that unbelievable, unbelievable. She, she did not have um, the financial means to go to um, an experienced doctor and that experienced doctor, uh, she, she finally takes that last bit of her money that yeah. she could take up. She goes Terrible. there and that guy in 15 minutes says, sorry, there's nothing I can do. Why did you come here? And I, I think that is just, that is like that, that person charges her then is, is ridiculous. And this is um, somehow also, uh, we're talking about this early on, I think that the two of us and a few other people, maybe Dr. Ben and and and, and some people um, uh, in our realm, they 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 do a lot of education. There is um, um, a guy here in Germany yes. um, uh, uh, with the Calmeda app. His name is Dr. Uze Walter, and he is an actual ENT. So he developed an app. He is an actual yeah. ENT. Um, he's very famous YouTube channel here in Germany. Um, so there there are people out there who have a bit of a different For approach. Sure. Um, yeah, but- I, yeah, that's important to say. Like, we just just to, to add to that very quickly. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of good doctors. Like, yeah. there are. I, 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 I just kind of put a 
you know, I don't want to leave. I ranted a lot, so I don't want people to feel like there's no, there's no help. There are a lot of no, great no, for sure. ENTs yeah. and general practitioners yeah. and audiologists and tinnitus specialists yeah. who take a multidisciplinary yeah. approach, who yeah. are kind and compassionate and listen and offer really great advice and support. Like that's yeah. absolutely out there, yeah. but it's not, it's the, it, it's the exception, it's exception unfortunately, unfortunately, and not the rule. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And I, I, I 100% believe in the fact that if we were able to retell the story of tinnitus, um, the ENTs will have to be included 100% because they are sort of the first central focal point. And, and something that we cannot do anything about is the vast majority of negative forums and negative online information. So it doesn't matter whether you got uh, the information from the tin from the ENT who says there's nothing you can do. Yeah. And you and we in society believe that we go to a doctor in order to get relief from something that's bothering us. Um, that could be anything ranging from... Uh, from eczema or something. And uh, then for yeah. tinnitus, you go to a doctor because that's what we believe in in our society. We believe in modern medical technology to relieve us our, of our bodily symptoms and problems. And in this case, that's not possible. So if this doesn't work, yeah. and then in the internet also says that doesn't work and there's nothing you can do, then we have basically the two biggest sources of trust that would usually tell us, okay, this is what you got to do in order to uh, get to a place where it's going to be better. Seems hopeless. And the two of us, uh, including a few people, and I just said, Dr. Ben and some other people, and sure. we're going against the stream that is basically the Amazonian river. And we're like a little, a little stream that's trying to go against that and really trying to get out there that there are things that you can do there. They yeah. might require a little bit of time. They might require some training, but you're absolutely not alone. And there's absolutely yeah. a lot of things and a lot of great tools and strategies that we can implement in order to help you right here and now. Yeah, hundred percent. There's always hope. That's that, that's always been for both tinnitus and Meniere's disease. That's like the core message that I have to give is that like, no matter how bad things seem right now, like there's hope. There's always hope, even if it feels like nothing's worked. And like, and like you know, those the, the forums how negative they can get. Like, I get, I get, it's it's not. It doesn't. It, it makes sense when you think about it. Like, I see how it happens, right? Like, there we're talking. You know, another another variable here is like there are there are a lot of unscrupulous actors in the tinnitus industry. There's supplement companies making like ridiculous claims. There's yeah. there's all sorts of people with with specific kind of agendas who may not have people's best interests at heart. Um, and, and so like, like if you've been just let down by every doctor, by, by, by your, by your online research, by the things you've actually decided to try and spend money on. And if you it, like, of course you give up hope, of course, like you become jaded. Like, so, but, but you're right. There is always, always hope. And there's not, and there's more than one ways to do this, right? Like habituation, again, is, it's just this natural process that our brain and bodies are doing all the time, right? Like, right, I always say, like, think of all the things you're not paying attention to at any given moment, right? The feeling of your clothing, everything in your peripheral vision, smells, sounds, um, you know, like the, your brain, and you're not choosing to ignore any of it. Your brain just does it unconsciously, yeah. automatically in the yeah. background yeah. of your awareness. Like, this yeah. is something that we can, and we are capable of doing this with any sound, yeah. including the yeah. sounds of our tinnitus. So there is always, and there's many different ways to approach this, right? Like there's a lot of, you know, like tinnitus retraining therapy has been around for decades now, helped thousands of people. There's lots of interesting, like evidence now on meditation based approaches, which is the, the approach I take. In addition to, I mean, I'm, I'm not, it's not just meditation. I teach all kinds of tools and, you know, borrow on, on I'm sort of a tool agnostic. Like I'll borrow any tool from any, any protocol that seems helpful. Other I'm things exactly like cognitive the behavioral therapy, yeah. acceptance and commitment therapy. Like there are so many options that yeah. are viable now for a yeah. tinnitus sufferer. That, like I, I always say there's hope and never give up. Like if something doesn't work, you try something else. Like no, you, yeah. you, the, the one sort of unfortunate thing about the healthcare system in the US and I think probably in Europe too, is that like, there's no, maybe it's not as big of a problem in Europe, I'm not hundred percent sure, but in the US especially, there's no like centralization. Like there, everything is disconnected. And like when you're dealing with a complicated, especially something like with Meniere's where it's tinnitus is a little more straightforward, but like you have to be your own quarterback. You, you, have, to, you have to be in charge of your own, yeah. you, like your own best advocate. Like yeah. you have to sort of keep track of everything Court, like organized going to different doctors different messages like there's no like central place where all of your health information can be accessed where doctors can collaborate like everything is separated and so it just it, people are just 
it's a it's a uphill that's a little battle bit, from that's day a, one. That's a, that's a one. little bit different here because the insurance does have a central record of everything that's happening, and okay, um, okay. some of the the doctors they can see some of the previous diagnosis here, and that's they good. they are creating. Um, so there's a lot of e health going on here. Um, people I'm connected. I'm, with I'm here sure in it's Berlin. happening here too to um, some extent. I'm sure it's being worked on, but it's yeah, not widely um, distributed exactly, at the moment. Exactly. So in the digital health realm, there's a lot happening that uh, people are actually um, accessing their diagnosis or their base. Baseline GP is able to access um, That's the documents from the from the uh, specialist and so on and so forth, right? So That's how it that, should be. Yeah, that you do have a connection yeah. there, but I, I absolutely agree, and and and, um, and 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 I feel that that I mean the amount of of time and money that you could waste on 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 certain programs. We don't want to we don't know, don't want to throw in names here. I I have enough. No, um, certainly not. I, I, I enough enough problems with uh, uh, some uh, people coming onto my Instagram account and 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 being from particular uh, movements, especially in pandemic times, mm -hmm. and um, uh, uh, trying to to tell me what to do and what not to do. And I will not do that. I I, I choose to do what yeah. I do. I work with the people who want to work with me. I'm sure you do exactly the same. And um, and, uh, and 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 I would like to ask you now: um, how how can people find you? What's the best way to contact you if someone wants to reach out and know more about your coaching? Um, where yeah. do they get your book? Where do they get your website? Where do they get all your resources? Absolutely. Yeah. So my the main place where you can find everything is my website, rewiringtinnitus.com. Um, you can apply for coaching there. I also have like one of the things that I do that I think is kind of unique. I, I created um, a whole set of audio-based tools that's more than just masking. I, I utilize this technology called brainwave entrainment that is, it's just like very, uh, it can be a very sedating, mind-altering technology. So for example, I have, I have guided meditations with background noise for masking. So you don't have to learn or memorize anything. You can you know, cover some of the perceived volume of your tinnitus with the background noise. And then there's this audio technology that will put you into a, a deeper state of relaxation than you would have been able to get to naturally. And it doesn't matter that you didn't get there naturally. You got there while you were doing the guided meditation. So it ends right. up being almost like a shortcut that right. can make right. this very difficult sort of meditation I've sort of touched on be more accessible to somebody who's never meditated before. And I've created all kinds of tools with this technology in mind, guided coping, te uh, coping techniques, uh, relaxation tracks, tracks that can help to stimulate focus and energy. Uh, I sell that there. Um, but people can feel free to reach out to me directly uh, by email. I'm, I'm always happy to answer questions and connect with everybody at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, -E at rewiringtinnitus.com. Uh, so those are the two best places to get a hold of me. I'm on a little bit of social media. I, I have a lot of content on, on Facebook. Um, I haven't been as good lately uh, updating all my uh, social media stuff. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Um, I do some I do some posting there. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, those are, that's that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. So if you're interested well, in coaching, feel free to email me, or you can look at um, learn more about my program uh, at rewiringtinnitus.com. I'll, I'll put those resources in the in the uh, description to the episode, then people can uh, always uh, find you there and reach out to you um, if they're interested. Um, um, I I have a few or um, just a few uh, short, uh, quick answer questions that I uh, sure. like to ask. Um, what are some, if you had three books that you would recommend to people to read, maybe for personal development or uh, books that really have influenced you in your life? And are there three that come to mind that you really enjoy? Yeah, um, let's see. So, okay, put me on the spot a little bit. So, so yeah, books, sorry for that. Just to explain where I'm coming from. Um, <laughs> sure. I, I could have discussed this with you before the podcast, but then I just remembered that I frequently listen to the Tim Ferriss uh, show. It's a fantastic yep. podcast by Tim I Ferriss. Do as well. I love it so much. And uh, he always asked um, the last few questions. He he asked what 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 book have you gifted the most? And um, yeah. he he asked a few questions like those, and I always find them fantastic because I keep a list on my phone where I write literally every book that the person on the Tim Ferriss show gifts, and then I later yeah. on go on Amazon and see whether I can get that book to write to read it. Sure. Um, Sure. Yeah, I, I'm. So I'm a huge fan of Tim Ferriss as well. Uh, yeah. The 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 four hour work week was like a huge influence yeah. in my when he first came out with that yeah. in my life. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's one of them. Uh, two others that come to mind. Uh, one is um, the obstacle is the way by Ryan Holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan yeah. Ryan. I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan. He yeah. he's a great yeah. writer and he sort of introduced me to the world of Stoicism and Stoic Fantastic. philosophy that yes, has had been very meaningful for me and impactful. I have a bunch of his. He, he makes these coins with. Um, 
different stoic concepts on them. I have one uh, that memento mori, which is I a, love a stoic. Memento yeah, mori. Yeah. Like kind of a reminder to that every moment is Rem- precious, you know, spend time Might be the last our one. life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another one is man's search for meaning Victor Frank by Victor oh, Frankl. That book was really powerful book. for me. Um, fantastic book. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah. I actually reading, I, I'm actually reading that right now. I'm, I'm about uh, 25% in and it's, incredible yeah it's a incredible. it's a great book uh it's it really is i mean it's it, like for it me just as a shows German. you yeah yeah true and it, it, but, it, but it just shows you like that in any in any adversity like if you have a why or a how a how you can if you have a why or what is, how, how do you say it? If, you, if you if you have a purpose yeah you, you can, can you can survive any yeah. adversity yeah like i mean this is somebody who you know just was in incredible, the absolute incredible book. worst possible circumstances and yeah. and came yeah. through with like just, integrity just for some background honor. knowledge so people so people know um this is about a guy who um who has been in the concentration camps um uh, yeah. in the nazi era and uh has witnessed uh the killing of his folks there um has seen absolute torture, malnutrition, beatings, uh, people being shot, held like animals, and it, it's it's a, a, a gruesome area in German history. Actually, if not in in European Truly. and world history, um, it's but it's a it's a fantastic book on on and and, and about a fantastic uh, Austrian guy. Um, I think he's Austrian, and and I think he died in Vienna, and. Uh, it's 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 amazing i i it, it's it's i it, i can't even begin to describe it it deeply touches me especially me as a as a, a, a german and i know that for example my grandpa who recently passed away um also um had a bit of pr- trouble with the nazis because his dad was a social democrat and of course anyone who wasn't uh, following the the regime was um being um, oppressed and, and beaten and, and so on and so forth, but no one can even begin to understand what happened um, in the concentration camps, etc. So, yeah, yeah um, it's basically a book well, about uh, oh, a, 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 what uh, how how you can pull through even the most difficult of experience that human life might 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 offer. Yeah, yeah, I got one more too. One another book that really kind of changed, especially when I was first had a huge impact when I was writing my first book, Mind Over Meniere's. And thinking about like the psychology of, of like trying to deal with a very difficult chronic problem is a book called Mindset uh, by Carol Dweck. Uh, the full title is Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And it's about this, she did this, Carol Dweck did this amazing research um, on the difference between like people with a growth mindset and a fixed mindset, uh, meaning that like de- uh, abilities can be developed, like you can grow from adversity, you can grow and like you can become different and better. Like that. that's... That's been that was an excellent book that had a lot of influence on me as well. So that those are three books. Awesome, thanks, Glenn. That, that's that have, that's that fantastic. Now we could probably with the growth mindset, etc. Then I can uh, uh, mention one last resource that I recently listened to: the Andrew Huberman podcast, Huberman Lab, neuroscience yeah, yeah. podcast. Great and, podcast. Uh, uh, probably growth mindset, uh, and probably will be very interesting for people to follow. For example, his episodes on the effect of dopamine on our brain and how motivated mm. we are, and how how motivated we are to pursue things outside um, uh, of us. And, and that, that's a fantastic yeah. resource as well. So Glenn, I think we could continue this for uh, the next 10 to 12 hours. Uh, and I'm sure that you'll probably be on this podcast again. And I'm, 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 I absolutely uh, found it fantastic to have this uh, conversation with you. And I think there, there's so much value in it for, for all the people um, uh, who are listening to this. Um, the people will know how and where to find you because I will put all the links into the show notes. Thank you. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah, it was, it was an absolute honor. Is there, is there last words that you would like to say to our listeners? Uh, no, it was, I mean, it, it was been an, it's been an honor to speak with you today too. I'm, I'm happy we were finally able to have this conversation. What, one yes. thing I did forget to mention before is, is my book. If anyone is interested in, in, in reading my book, uh, yes. it's Rewiring Tinnitus, How I Finally Found Relief uh, from the Ringing in My Ears. It's available on Amazon uh, everywhere uh, as paperback and also as an ebook. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely do this again one day. It's, it's been great to chat. I think people will really get a lot out of this one. I, you know, I am starting um, and I, I have an outline and started writing a few chapters and I would be super stoked if I could send you my book once it's uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a stage where I would feel comfortable sharing with anyone because sure. I would love be happy to take more a look at professional it. feedback on it because um, 
yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of where I feel comfortable in the online space and the offline space of writing a book. I don't think I feel as comfortable. So maybe we can benefit from, uh, from some review processes on there. So if you ever have anything sure. that you would like to share, um, I'm happy to do that as well. Appreciate it. Appreciate it a lot. Okay, Glenn, thanks very much for coming on here today, for taking the time. And um, yeah, fantastic. Thank you for all your great work and people know where to find you. Uh, great yes. to have you on. Thanks so much, Glenn. My pleasure. See you next time. <laughs> thanks. Take care, Peter. Yeah, so a little Christmas present from me to you, my Outring Tinnitus audience. Um, yeah, again, thank you for being so patient with me delaying this um, new podcast episode. As I said, I will make another podcast episode that will introduce the big changes I'm working on. Um, I'm aiming to build a new platform where um, I can share my work, but uh, people can engage on a community level to really support one another in building their budget life despite tinnitus. So I'm really looking forward to 2022 because we've got some very big big project coming up and I want you all to be part of this. So um, yeah, I'm going to explain and release uh, my ideas there in my next podcast episode and will also tell you a little bit about my experiences in South America and um, yeah, as well as the things that have been happening in the last few months since I released the last episode. Again, if you would like to book um, one of the coaching setup calls and be part of my coaching program in 2022 and benefit from uh, exclusive tinnitus coaching, um, via my personal um, tinnitus coaching client accounts, then uh, please go and click on the link in the description. It will take you to Calendly where you can uh, schedule at your convenience an appointment with me and we'll get you set up right on towards your best life by tinnitus. So thanks again all for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with uh, Glenn. I surely thought it was a fantastic recording and a fantastic episode. Uh, Glenn is a fantastic guy and I'm sure he'll be back on this podcast podcast. So thank you all. I wish you a merry, merry Christmas. Um, go well, be, stay healthy and uh, protect yourself and others. And I'll see you in the new year. All right. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at See you next time.